Good evening, everybody, and welcome to show number 135 of the Jimmy Palumbo. I can't believe I've done 135 of these things. Uh, it is a perfect day here to do the Jimmy Palumbo show. I am not shaven. I look like I'm homeless here uh, from the Omni. Uh, and of course, this is show number 135. That's right. I am here behind the glass with Dave Sturcio, who's all smiles, working from home today, a little under the weather. Why? Because his beloved Cowboys uh, eat by a game yesterday. We're going to get more into that uh, as we go along. Dave, how are you today? I'm good, man. Uh, the world, you know, the gods have blessed me with a with a nice little head cold. It's what happens when you have these kids just boogers all over you the entire time, and uh, I, it's I, like you know. I fully understand that. I, I thought I thought for sure, and it's funny because like you think you're in the clear, right? Like I'm like, wow, they were booger like booger heavy for like three days, and they were like all over me. I'm like, I made it. This is great. <laughs> and it's like I woke up. I was like. Ah, damn it! Ah, here <laughs> like, we go. That's here right. we go. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm good to go. I just, I just starts figured... with it. Oh, we start with an onside kick. Yeah, exactly. Right. I decided uh, to keep it home today. Still get on with you and still do my other things. And uh, yeah, I'm good, man. Cowboys squeaked one out last night. Got All to, right, uh, you good. know, the first, the first thing, uh, the first thing I said to my dad when we were watching, it was fourth. Uh, somebody was fourth and something, and it was like fourth and one. And I was like, hey, Jimmy said something today. And I'm, I'm sure you'll agree. I was like. Uh, is there a reason why anybody should be ever be in the shotgun? <laughs> I don't understand it. I'll never understand that. It's a fourth and in inches, and the quarterback is 90 yards away. It's, right. it's like they're in punt formation. Well, we're going to get to that Cowboy game, I assure you. Mm. But, of course, those of you scoring at home know that I grabbed my stack of baseball cards here. Mm -hmm. And some people love this segment. Some people say, yeah, I'm going to do the 10 seconds. gotten rave responses say. about it. <laughs> But we got some good reviews here from hmm. the Omni. And the bottom line is this is a this one is way too popular. Way, but maybe not to you, but to my people in my age bracket, way too popular. But there were some things I didn't know. And that would be the 1980 card of the big O, Oscar Gamble getting involved. I, you probably remember him or folklore have heard about him. Now, there's a couple of things. No, he's most famous for having a huge Af this is not even a big one. He had the biggest uh, afro in the league. As a matter of fact, Artie used to keep a picture of it, as well as uh, Bob Costas kept one in his wallet. Uh, and he did a famous interview with that. Mm. Uh, I was always a big fan of Oscar Gamble through my cousin John because he was traded on June 15th on his birthday. <laughs> Yankees got Oscar Gamble, so we always got a kick out of him. Um, and he's a lifetime He played 17 years in the league. Did not know that. Lifetime batting average 265, 200 home runs, and 661 RBIs. But here's the kicker. He hit 200 home runs and only 4,500 at-bats. So think about that for a second. So he was known as the ratio guy, home run to at-bat ratio. He also seemed to – we used to always call him a streak hitter. Like he would go like 11 for 13 in a four-game series and like totally carry the team. And then you were like – Hey, Oscar Gamble hasn't gotten a hit in the month of June. Anybody <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, but he played for the Cubs, Philly, Cleveland, Yankees, White Sox, Padres, Texas, back to the Yankees, and ended with the White Sox. Uh, played with the Yankees in 76, and then from 79 to 84, seven years. His best year was probably in Cleveland, 74, batted 291, hit uh, 19 home runs, and 77, he batted 297, hit 31 home runs. He'd been making $40 million a year if he was here. They called him the Big O, which anybody, um, I always call anybody with their uh, last name, it starts with an O, and he's always the Big O. Uh, I love saying that phrase. Uh, with the Yankees, he, uh, one year, I, I don't know what he did. He, bottom line is, he was a he was good in the playoffs, a lot of clutch hits. He was definitely a DH guy. Um he was born in 49. Unfortunately, he died in 2018 at 68 years old. Um, he was involved in a trade, and this is for all my Met fans out there. He was involved in a trade with Del Unser. That's all you got to know. Three people just drove off the road. Del Unser represents. If there was a magazine called Shitty Mets, Del Unser would be like the editor-in-chief and on the cover of just about every <laughs> magazine. Um, <laughs> Del Unser, uh, he stinks. Um, but he was also involved in a trade when the Yankees got Bucky Dent. Bucky freaking Dent. Bucky freaking Dent, right? <laughs> he was also in a trade 
that the Yankees got Mickey Rivers. So Oscar Gamble is a fan favorite of the Yankees, okay? He's a piece. But he, he's a piece. But he, was a, he was involved in trades with two major players that shaped the Yankees' uh, you know, dynasty in the 70s, Rivers and Dent. Um, but he, he also is famous. <laughs> I wrote some stuff down. Uh, he was famous for a quote talking about the Yankees and the chaos of the 70s. And his quote was, they don't think it'd be like it is, but it do. <laughs> I, I want that on a bumper sticker. That's the so best bad. quote ever. Um, he also, again, this is for Steve Venditti. He got the last hit in Philadelphia's Connie Mack Stadium, which is like before the vet. So before the vet, it was the Connie Mack Stadium. Who got the last hit there? Yeah, Oscar who Gamble. The fuck Con- who's Connie Mack? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Connie Mack was a famous uh, a manager for a thousand years of the nineteen. They named a stadium after him. Yeah, look, Connie Mack up. He's in the Hall of Fame. Um, one of the most famous uh, managers of all time. Uh, the uh, his son. His son, a young uh, Oscar Gamble Jr. played in the Philly organization. He was known for his – matter of fact, I used to do Oscar Gamble as a wiffle ball stance when I was younger. He had a crouch stance over the plate, and he was real skinny. But I, I love when you read different stuff, like uh, when you go online or Wikipedia or whatever the hell I was looking. It's like Oscar Gamble opened up a disco mm. <laughs> in Alabama. Had the hair. Called the Oscar Gamble's Players Club. I would totally love to hang out at the Oscar Gamble's Players. Like, why don't like the cool play? Like, should there be like a Giancarlo Stanton Players Club? Like, that'd be, that'd be, like, that'd be much cooler than like some shitty nightclub we got to go to. Anyway, weird thing is, and I'm going way too long on Oscar Gamble. Is that <laughs> I met a guy in Macon, Georgia. I used to do charity work down there. And he was an African-American guy at one of these uh, celebrity things I met. Uh, there was some athletes around. And he was an older gentleman. We started talking and chatting with us. Oh, you involved with the charity? Goes, yeah, I'm involved in baseball. I'm like, oh, you know. Uh, and he handed me a – he goes, I'm a player's agent. And I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. I never really met a player's agent. You know, he handed me his card. And his card said Oscar Gamble. And I went, wait a minute. <laughs> I said, you're not Oscar Gamble, are you? He goes, yeah. I'm like, so, no, no, no. Not not Oscar Gamble, the player's agent, the big O, like my Oscar Gamble. He goes, yeah, he goes, I know people, I don't have the Afro anymore because he had like a shaved head. He was an older guy. I was like, oh my God, I bet Oscar <laughs> Gamble. And he was asking me about uh, agents fees with uh, acting and stuff. But I was like, I I literally had like, I think I had like eight eight scotches with Oscar Gamble. And I was, this is before texting and cell phones were like, I would have been, if this happened today, I would have been texting everyone I possibly could. I'm sitting with Oscar Gamble. I'm like a childhood hero, the big O. Anyway, Oscar Gamble, that's my guy. Now, I don't know what my assignment was for you. I think it was shitty quarterbacks, which you probably didn't do. No, uh, shitty, shitty quarterbacks in between uh, Aikman and Romo. Oh, is that that's that's got all right. That's what we went with. So, who do you got? Uh, this week, I'm going to feature uh, one Quincy Carter. Ah, um, yes. See, and he's not as shitty as everybody put him out to be. He actually turned the team around a little bit. But my funny story about Quincy Carter is my dad took me and my brother to the Bahamas, uh, to Atlantis, right? So, like, the big resort. It's I, all nice, I, beautiful. I've been there. I've been there. Right before training camp in the NFL. So, it was, like, late June, early July. So, right before the players had to go back. And I'm realizing, I'm like, I'm, we're looking around. I'm like, Dad, there's there's so many NFL players here. Like, he's like, really? I was like, yeah, that's Mike Allstott right over there. Like, that's Lavernius Coles. He's a receiver for the Jets. That's this, that's this, right? Seeing all these players, and I guess they're vacationing there with their families. So I'm walking by myself back to my room, and there's like a big, tall, black dude coming my way with an entourage, all right? And I, and I look over, and I'm like, and I out loud, 18-year-old Dave Sturgeo goes, holy shit, it's Quincy Carter. <laughs> and like, he stopped dead in his tracks. He's like, almost like, how the hell does anybody know me? <laughs> right? And I was like, I was like, Quincy, holy shit. And he's like, hey, hey, how are you? And I was like, but like, <laughs> if any, if you if you polled a million cowboy fans, no, I don't really. know how many would say, like, I want to meet Quincy Carter, but that's okay. who I met. And I was there and it was a moment for me. Okay. So Quincy Carter turned my team around with Bill Parcells, uh, and then he just kind of well, uh, okay. Now, okay. Uh, to me, Quincy Carter, Dak Prescott are the same guy. They play the, the same way. Don't even, don't they, even start. They roll out. They 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 have, no, they have similar styles. They they throw the ball, but they they use their legs and stuff like that. They had the same similar body types. Uh, he he would be good because the Giants were good. 
uh, one of those years, and uh, he would avoid the rush a lot on the Giants when they would blitz and stuff. But I remember Quincy Carter very well. But he didn't he end up get on another team and started one year. Am I? Do you know that? I, I, I off the top of my head, I, I think he did start for an. Like I the, want to say Carolina. Like the Brown, I was going to say the Browns. I don't know. Yeah. I just remember <laughs> hey, he would just be on a Rolodex of Browns. Rolodex of Brown, big. I got Quincy Carter. There's somebody you don't hear. Ah, you know what? Jets. My son's team. <laughs> it was on the Jets. That's right. Your son's a big Jet fan at age one. Yeah, um, he's uh, he played seven games. He started three games for the Jets. He went two and one. He threw for three uh, three touchdowns, one pick, almost five hundred yards. I know. So, there we go. A very Quincy successful Carter. Jet quarterback. If you go back to the lineage of the Jets, that's <laughs> that's a success. Well, there you go. Quincy Carter getting involved. Um, uh, we got Joey Pizzella, uh, Joe, Joey Pizzella kicking in, talking about Oscar Gamble. He had a dinger every 22 at-bats for Oscar Gamble. Um, and, yeah, all right, we're going to get to uh, Mr. September, uh, Dak Prescott, later on in the show. I don't even – listen. Here you go, Here you go. Probably a bitter Giant fan. Um, of course. So the um, – all right, well, that, of course, brings us to – now, I got a few texts. People were actually bummed out I don't rattle off – my Patreon people anymore. I Get say, the well, hell. There's nobody. There's nobody yes, texted you and said yes, that. Yes. No you, shot. Now you just froze on my screen. Don't know why. <laughs> I have to stare at a frozen Dave right now. Uh, can I hear you? Uh, can you still hear me? And Dave Sturcio is gone from the Omni in Atlanta. Well, you know what's good? The name of the show is the Jimmy Palumbo Show. And so I'll just have to do the show without Dave because he's frozen on my screen here at Shea. Dave, if I'm frozen, log back in. Do whatever you have to do. I have no idea where the hell you went. Um, but that's all right. Now, I got some – I did get some uh, some notices here that they didn't like the fact I don't rattle off all the, all the names. And I said, you know what? I'm going to just mention a few that are very important to me. Number one – Alex Detsena, he's the number one Patreon. And I saw him at the local bar here in Ramsey the other night, and he told me, it's my most proudest moment that I'm number one on your Patreon. I was like, oh, I'm glad I got the $3 a month. Uh, and then Dave just disappeared on me again. Uh, so Alex Detsena, thank you for the unbelievable support. And also James Kanowitz. First of all, James Kanowitz, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show some love to some Patreon people here. Uh James Kanowitz has an has Kanowitz has an awesome podcast. If you're a fan of Chevy, if you're a fan, there you go. Dave's back. If you're, I don't know what happened to you, brother. Uh, Dave's me. back. <laughs> if uh, my buddy James Kanowitz, if you're a fan of Fletch and Chevy Chase, you got to listen to my buddy uh, Dave uh, James Kanowitz's podcast. I think it's one of the it's just the most highly produced podcast I've ever seen. It's got sound drops. It's a beautiful work of art. If you're in the niche of a fan of the movie Fletch, I love his podcast. It's just based on Fletch. <laughs> yes, it, but it, but it's it's like all encompassing. There's d directors interviewed, writers, cast members who I didn't even know were in Fletch. It, it's really, please check this out. It's one of those, you know, when you read all the books where people say you too can make money doing podcasts. It's all about <laughs> containing your niche. I used to say. You're better off doing a podcast about pencils, and then you get all the pencil companies to advertise on your show. <laughs> well, James Gatowitz has a, a pencil show called Fletch Guest, and it's all about Fletch. The new That's movie awesome. that came out. It's, it's awesome. Uh, and he's a great guy. He's also been very helpful. Did my design my first website, which is still my the best one I ever had, even though I got a new one now. And uh, actually, Chris Gucci is actually helping me. Um, all I do is finance job sports. I'm, 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 I'm like... <laughs> I'm like the I have, day. I have I have I have sick days, vacation days, and all this stuff built into my contract because of Jimmy Palumbo. Yes, I have. I, I uh, Chris Gucci called me up like, "Hey, hey, can I help you do your website?" And I'm like, "Okay." So Dave Dave sends me a bill every Friday. Now Chris sends me a bill every Friday. Listen, I have always my bill's been a, a lot less than I, his. I don't know. I, I have always been an investor in job sports. I continue to invest. Now, we asked you to in the beginning. You said <laughs> oh, no, so whatever. Uh, yeah, thank God. <laughs> and now you got to drink. You drink that gallon of water on, on your investor. Anyway, so James Kanowitz has always been huge. He's a big Cowboy fan and Laker fan. Uh, so just a big shout-out. Good buddy. Good friends with Joe Covino as well. And he always helped me out for a thousand years. And so I wanted to just give him a shout-out. Now, I will tell everybody, 
I really want to thank all my Patreon. I'll tell you why I'm spending so much time on this. Number one, please log in. I'm losing people because their credit cards are expiring and they don't go back in. That includes <laughs> my good friend, Greg, my mother, and like another other person. But what I'm really doing with Patreon, and this is important. I mean this sincerely. I, uh, I never took any of the money out. It just sits in an account. But I, uh, uh, I'm taking all of my Patreon money out, and it's helping financing uh, Beer League, this series, which we are shooting this week, which we're going to get to in a few minutes. So all my Patreon money, or a good portion of it, is going to pay for these three uh, episodes that we're doing uh, shooting this week, which we're going to talk about. So everybody really is contributing to the beer league, the series shoot, which is very cool. So if you feel like hopping in and doing a big ass donation to Patreon and or Indiegogo, I N D I E G O G O.com type in beer league, the series. Now is the time it is. We are in late in the fourth quarter. It's getting late early here. Shay. So now is the time uh, to do that. So anyway, I just want to give a shout out to all my Patreon members. I appreciate it. And I have to get to my mother and go online and tell her how to. Uh, she hasn't paid since March. I even think Robin Achani declined. My cousin, everybody's, you know. Uh, and and Joe Sinecor getting involved here. He pays a little bit more a month. He puts a, Joe, I don't try to tell how much everybody pays. Uh, but uh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. Joe is a $5 a month Patreon, man. There's I level to, to this shit. You know There's what? levels to this. I'm going to have to talk about Joe Sinecor next week. All right, Joe, we love you, buddy. Which brings us to Absolute Eyewear. I got to pay some bills here at Shea, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937, 732-326-3937. Craig and Johnine, listen, just go there. If you need glasses, sunglasses, call them up, visit the store. It's in Woodbridge, down by the train station. Um, they're great. I know I do this ad. They have, they're full service opticians. Uh, and I'm good friends with Janine and Craig. Janine's a doll. She always helps me out. And so Craig played on my head. Charles Oakley. That's great. Uh, I wasn't even going to do the Bob Shepard, but now I have to. Sorry. Go down to Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. They have all kinds of glasses. Your attention, please. Now, wait a minute. Let's see the timing of you with holding the card up. See how well you can produce, ready? Your attention, please. Available at Absolute Eyewear, Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Dave Sturchio's Jimmy Choo, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, Costa Del Mar, and Charles Oakley visits the store with his kids. <laughs> they got and all babysat, babysat by Janine. Yeah, a, either Charles Oakley or Janine babysit your kids while you visit the store. <laughs> That's what, you, what your outlook on life is. Go check them out. Absolute eyewear. Getting involved here. All right. Well, let's face it. Let's discuss my Scarlet McKnight Saturday. Now I gotta do, I gotta tell people I know people I always talk about sports and stuff but this I gotta tell you how this day went first of all miserable okay uh, the game started at noon rain was in the forecast from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and the forecasters were dead on I show I get there I decided not to go uh, crazy early because I'm I just like sitting in the rain I I got wet at a Rutgers game like 20 years ago. And I said to myself, I will never, ever sit at a football game where the water is in my asshole, is in my soul like it was on this game. So I went out and purchased. I have this this rain gear where uh, you know you don't got a the, you're not a poncho guy, are you? No, 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 no. I have the whole bit, the pants with the with the strap, the the suspenders over the pants. I got the I got the duck boots. Not even the name brand ones, the off-brand Burlington Coat Factory duck boots. Okay. I have and this this thing, you I am perfectly, I am dry as a uh, it's wonderful. But you, I look like a complete 
asshole. Bright yellow. It's ugly as hell. I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm you're not going to see Gordon Fisherman. <laughs> I will hand out fish sticks to the kids. I don't care. Okay. So I show up at the game and uh, in the beginning, like 35 of us were, were there. Our group were there. There was nobody there. Uh, it was a homecoming game. Everything was wet and, and miserable. <laughs> it was awful. So, we're watching the game, and I was, I was like, you know what? This is a winnable game here, right? So next thing you know, it's it's uh it's seven nothing. Then it's then it's seven six, right? We're like, all right, we're playing like shit. There's a minute fifty five left in the half. I figured we went to the half, down seven six, and then we even made them punt. So now we're up down seven six. They're punting. And they punt the ball, and Rutgers fumbles the punt. Michigan State runs it in on the first play. So now it's 14-6, to six, minute and 45 seconds to go. And you know the people that say, hey, there's plenty of time. Let's get going. Let's start going downfield. Those are the dumb people. What happens is <laughs> Gavin Wimsett, my favorite quarterback of all time, you know, a young Quincy Carter, he goes out, throws a duck over the middle, interception, two plays, field goal, it's 17-6. So, again, Rutgers went to 7-6, awful game, in the rain, to 17-6. I go up. I told my brother. My brother was dressed like a boob, too. He had his red. At least his, <laughs> his rain gear was red. So uh, we, I go up to get I said, Frank, I got to get a beer. So I go up to get a beer. I get a large 24-ounce Miller Lite, right? And I'm seeing some old friends, home comforting this guy, some frat guys. Uh, my buddy uh, Phelan was there. And, uh, Jay Figus was there. And I met some other guys. And then I said, let me head down to the seats. I go to the seats, okay? We, I sit with like 40 people. No one is there. All <laughs> my friends, my brother's gone. I'm like, what? I said, this. So I sit next to four guys who are probably listening to the show behind me that I only know through going to the games. I go, ah, I guess everybody went out. But I was like, I'm a fisherman. I, I'm so, anybody, anybody need fish sticks? I sat there and I'm like, I can't believe my brother just bailed. Like, no way, right? So I watch about a two minutes of the, of the third quarter. Next thing you know, I hear my brother yelling, Jeb, 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 I wanna, I'm going to sit down low. Now, we have perfect seats. You know, you sat in them. My brother wanted to sit five rows above the, the team. He likes to watch the interaction with the – I know you – was it you who sat really close at Giant Stadium behind the Cowboy bench? Uh, I've, I've sat. Yeah, I've sat. Yeah, close I mean, like that. Somebody else I know did it for the Giants. When you sit really low – at a, at a football stadium, the seats suck now because you can't see. But it's really cool to see. You get a feel for like the bench, the attitude. So we yeah. sat literally like a stone's throw away from the Rutgers bench, and it's it was raining harder now. So I'm sitting there with my brother. We look like two jackasses. We look like two 13 year old kids who, uh, on a rain delay at a little league game. Wait, so Just, you're so you're 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 in bright yellow yellow behind the Rutgers bench. Yes, I gotta look for you guys now. Yeah, I gotta go I, watch the game. <laughs> totally. As a matter of fact, I deleted. I should have. So we're sitting. I'm in yellow. He's in red, and you can see me clear as day. So I'm sitting there, and I look at my brother. I'm like, Frank, what are we doing here? This is. But he's like, ah, you know, I just, just uh, Seattle just doesn't get it done on on these big games. He shits the bed, and it's true. So we're sitting there, and then all right. So we watch. <laughs> Michigan, we punt, they punt, but then Michigan State went on a eight minute one of those like you know the kind of drive. It's happened to the Cowboys, it's happened to the Giants, it's happened to every fan. One of those drives where they ran it, a couple of passes, a lot of third and twos, first down, one of those just clock or just brutal all the way down to literally the, the start of the fourth. They go up 24 to six. And I'm like, oh, this is just, this is, un this, Frank, what we, uh, he goes, ah, let's just watch one more series. So somehow Rutgers gets the ball back. They go three and out, of course. So Michigan State uh, gets the ball back and we hold them. So it's 24 to six and Michigan State is punting. And the guy hits a shitty punt, I thought. And Rutgers gets the ball to 35. Now, I was so in this low phase of fanship at this point. I was like, I even, you know, this is how you know you're a loser. I was like, yeah, well, let's just start at the 35. It's not so bad, right? <laughs> but all of a sudden, referees like offsides, punting team, replay. You know, they're gonna re-kick it. And I, my first thing was, 
why are they going to re-kick it? Watch this guy hit a 70-yard punt. We'll start at our own 20. And yeah, my brother's like, why do you even bother re-kicking it? And then I was like, ah, I've got to remember, low-key. I was like, ah, you never know. Sometimes you botch the snap or something. You get but it was not that we were going to do it. Next thing you know, the ball's bouncing all over the end zone. 11 Rutgers players. I think some of the guys on the bench, I think there was 19 Rutgers players <laughs> on the field. I even think Chiano got a hand on it. It was just an awful play. Next thing you know, touchdown. My brother goes, ah, now all of a sudden it's – it's 28, 30, uh, yeah, 28, 28, no, 24-13. And you know the old rule. When you're down by 11, field goal, touchdown, two-point, you're the loser. The loser, the loserness of fans, and this is really I want to talk about this because you know you're a Cowboy fan. You've dealt with this since 1996. The losing, losing, being a fan's like cancer. The loserness that comes out in your body as a fan. When you think when the glimmer of help, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, ah, oh, 11, play, quick field goal, you know, cut it to eight. Like, I said that, I said that on uh, the week two Arizona. I was like, 21 10, it's, it's only 11. Like, it's not like it looks on the, on the outside looking in. It's like, wow, yeah. you're down 21 10. But then you're like, but it's only 11 points. I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'll get this, get the two point conversion, two right, onside right. kicks, two long field goals, we're tied. So I just, it goes on. So then, Next thing you know, <laughs> Rutgers is kicking off. And two weeks ago, me and my brother was like, why are they doing this short kick? Just kick it in the end zone. The other team starts. Well, they kicked one of these things called a sky kick, but it was right in front of us, kind of. We saw that one. It was on our side of the field. <laughs> I I knew right away, like, I was like, because it, it was like, oh, that guy's not going to – Michigan State guy's not – he's not going to get to it. And next thing you know, the ball's bouncing off me and my brother and some of the fans hit off the cameraman. <laughs> Rutgers got the ball. We're yelling and screaming, boom, touchdown fans. Now all of a sudden we're like, I don't believe the score is 24-20. And next thing you know, we get the ball back again. And we score. It was like, this is the, we don't, this is not what we do. We don't do this. Of course, we're like, my brother looks at me, he goes, classic loser line from a fan. We scored too soon. That's how you know you stink. <laughs> when anybody says we score too soon, just you're just a loser. Like you just, no, that's not, that's my brother's a loser, but you're a loser fan. Like you just so you're so that used. The, to, that was the claim to fame for me. It was like it, when Ro it was like too much time for Rogers. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Right, right. It's all well, especially now on Mahomes. I think well, I was watching a game with the Chiefs about three years ago, whatever it was, and it was nine seconds to go, and the other team eighty scored, yards and, down the and, field. And, and somebody <laughs> went, oh, "You can't leave. You can't leave." I was like, "Actually, the Chiefs lost this one." I was like, "There's nine seconds to go." Yes, you. No, that's not scoring too soon. <laughs> they did that just fine. There was another game though. They left like a minute. I was like, "Oh, a minute, two timeouts, you're done." So anyway, we get the ball back with six minutes to go, and we're like. Here we go. Here comes the three and out. Yeah. And then Rutgers went on a, I don't know how to describe it, a very Bill Parcells on Rutgers six-minute drive. But I was doing clock management. I felt like I was a mathematician at Harvard. I was looking at that clock. And then all of a sudden they started to do, they got a key first down. And the guy, uh, Wimsat, was, before he kneeled on it, did like the six steps back. But he had to do it three times. So now, as a, this is how I know I'm a loser. All I saw, we were at the 20 yard line, but he kept on taking steps back. So it was like the 28. Then it was the 36. I was like, wait a minute, Michigan State's on the move here. <laughs> and we're kneeling on. I'm thinking we're going to be like a young Miami you know, Hurricanes. So I'm watching it. But meanwhile, I was like, on the last one he did, I said, Frank, it's 40 seconds. He has to kneel. After it goes to 39, I, anybody scoring at home, if you have it on your DVR, please go to the end of that game. Gavin Wimsett kneeled on that ball at the 39.3 quarters of a second. <laughs> it was the most, it was the most scalpel incision of clock management I've ever seen in my life. And, um, and anyway, so Rutgers ended up winning the game. Uh, was that the victory from the jaws of defeat? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. I thought we played like shit all game. Uh, but you know what? Five and two. So now I'm you need thrilled. one more, right? We need one more to go to a bowl. I believe we have a shot against Indiana. Um, you, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Uh, uh, by the way, the, the running back Manung guy had a great, that, that's really why we won the game. But, uh, if anybody is a fan of college football, you have to go to this website. 
It's called the uh, the Massey uh, ratings, and they have this thing called compilation, a composite. Do you know there's like 40 college polls out there? Do you know that? 40 of them. Some of them are like Dave and Jimmy who just go by, ah, oh, we like yellow, we like green, <laughs> they're better. Right? Okay. It's, like, it's like there's like 39 polls, and they're like, oh, and then there's something called the stinks list. What is yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's just like it's just like me and you watching the game going, uh, Georgia, uh, they stink, they're number eight. Like Some of them are like that, I agree with you. But, but some of them have these like math things where points scored – Against points not scored, what's offensive but not the, the and when you look at the algorithms, some Harvard guys are like, "I'm going to figure this out for gambling." You know what I mean? So anyway, <laughs> yeah. there's 40 of them, but they have a composite, so they take all those polls. And right now, Rutgers is ranked 43rd. Okay, and we so according to this thing, we have a 54 percent chance of beating Indiana on the road, which okay. is big for Rutgers. But here's where the comedy comes in. The next game is Ohio State. The composite says we have a 3% chance of winning. Mm. The Iowa game, we have an 8%. That game's, home. that game's home? Yeah. The Iowa game, we have an 8% chance of winning. Mm. Then we go to then Penn State on the road. We have a 2% chance of winning. And then Maryland, we only have a 35%. So in my opinion, if we don't win Saturday, we're going 6-6. Six and six. I will tell somebody I've been predicting all year. Rutgers will be higher ranked in this composite than Colorado. And right now, Colorado is ranked 54th. And they play the last five games. I think four of them are against top, like, 25 teams. We'll see what you want to talk about a blow well, lead that you've ever seen in your first life. First of all, I – first of all, first I know you probably loved it. Here's what happened. I started watching it. It was late. They're up 29 nothing, And I'm like, God, Stanford stinks. And there's – the players are doing, looking up at the fans, jumping around, Dion with the chains going. And then I'm looking at the Stanford coach, and I'm like, I'd like to buy some life insurance for him. Or maybe I need to buy some carpeting for my house from this guy. He looked so boring. It was 29 nothing. He did had you hear no about emotion. What, did you hear about what his son did at <laughs> halftime? No. Oh, uh, Sanders kid with the watch and all that stuff? He was he posted a link on his Instagram to tell everybody to buy his merchandise at halftime. Right. See, all of that stuff is why I can't stand Colorado and Sanders. Hate the whole but I, I love to hate it. Like he gives me a who's uh, nobody ever watches Colorado. So next thing you know, it was 29-6. And I'm like, I gotta go to bed. I gotta go. I'm just beat. So I said, I'm gonna DVR this. Well, I woke up early early in the morning to pee, gra grab my phone. Looked at it and it said 46 43 final in Stanford. I poured myself a delicious cup of Maxwell House coffee. <laughs> I had the DVR, had a nice, a wonderful little, little half a donut cake thing that I had. I was like, I am going to thoroughly enjoy this program, which was <laughs> the Stanford coming back. And oh my God, it was everything I'm talking about. They only have two good players. It's the Hunter and Sanders. Everybody else stinks. They have no defense. They don't have an offensive line because Stanford stinks. And they're going to, and then they were arguing with each other. 12 men on the field like four times. And the announcers in the first half, ah, look at Sanders over there. He's looks so calm. What I do. And the second half was like, look at Sanders there. He's going to be yelling at him. And all I saw was he was just sitting there with his hands folded. Then players started yelling at Dion. And Dion's yelling at them. I'm like, ah, this is why it's it's very it, – it, listen, they're great now compared to where they were. College football, man, ain't the pros. Your second stringers stink, just like Rutgers does. Uh, it's you need, you need offensive linemen even different than the NFL. You need the big uglies up front, and they don't have any of that. Uh, and all of a sudden, Travis – by the way, Travis Hunter played both ways. I think he played both ways. Did you see – what the wide receiver on Stanford did to Hunter in the second half, it was like it looked like me covering CD Lamb. That's what it looked like. <laughs> he was just doing down and out, first down, first down. Everyone's like, "No, Hunter can play both ways." Uh, no, he can't because a decent wide receiver is like, oh, "I'm just gonna eat him alive." And then he caught a huge pass right in his face. I love that. And at the end, uh, Sanders rolling around. All you know, those people know he can roll out. And pretty, what's good about him is he rolls out like 60 steps and then throws it over the middle. Yeah, well, he, he did that. Picked off. Overtime. Kick is good. Uh, anyway, I love that. I'm not a hater. People, I got an argument online, one of the Colorado sites. When, 
when sports people like I hate Michael Jordan. I don't hate him personally. Like it's like you know what I mean. Like you hate the Giants. I hate the Cowboys. But like it, it, these people that say, "Oh, you're a hater," and you, you people were being racist into it. Like if he was a white coach, would you still hate him? I'm like, I don't care. I, I, when it's it's against your team, uh, you know. Uh, and I love having guys. Uh, you know, Tom Brady. I the last couple of years, uh, Tom Brady. I totally. Uh, watched games with him because I couldn't stand them. You know, Cowboy game too. Well, I'll watch the Cowboy game because I'm rooting for the other team. I'm sure you do it with the Giants. But these people get like, why are you hate so much? It's like, it's being a fan. Otherwise, what am I doing? Part of, what it. Am I doing? Part of it. Next thing you know, I'm watching Air Disasters on National Geographic Channel. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, great show, by the way. Anyway, so I, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed that thoroughly. Um, Which, uh, well, I guess we got to talk about the football NFL this weekend, right? My college rant. Giant game. I'm pissed at the Giants for really one reason. I thought my buddy came over. I thought we were going to spend a couple hours, half an hour, having a few cocktails. Sunday night, he'll go home with the half. Giants down 28 nothing. And next thing you know, the most boring, awful football game. God, if I was an executive at ESPN or NBC, where it was on NBC, I would have been beside myself like, oh, my God, this is like watching a soccer game. Uh, it, it was awful. Giant defense played OK. But, you know, when you have a tough loss like that and you're three and two or two and three, your season's still alive. But when you lose a game like that and now you're one and five, there's no moral victory. It's like, ooh, now it's really over. Um, and I got to tell I thought the kid Taylor played OK. Uh, Giants don't, I think they have like 12 quarters in a row with no offensive touchdowns since 76. Yeah, they haven't scored since before my birthday, <laughs> September 10th. Yeah, well, the, the last time that happened, I was 11. I mean, so like it's, it's almost uncanny. I don't know. Um, but I will give, I'll give another thing. And I could be wrong about this. One of Jimmy Palumbo's, this is classic Jimmy Palumbo on the couch. I think the bills might stink. I really do. I, that they're they're not they're not good. The, the, the Giants the Giants were doing nothing, and the Bills. Let's put it this way: they didn't have a counterpunch. Um, they're going to go fifteen rounds with people. I predict the Bills ain't blowing out anybody. If you don't blow out the Giants, you, you stink. Uh, I don't know. They got they lost to the Jets. They got blown out in Europe, and and really the Giants really you can make the argument that they almost really could have won the game very easily. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, the quarterback on the Chargers since this podcast started um, overthrew another receiver. Um, I believe, you know what? If <laughs> I swear to God, if a decent I, couple things about the Cowboy game. Number one, you got to win games like this. If you're a Cowboy fan, you just got to survive in it. Sure. Uh, but Herbert missed wide open receivers for big plays. I thought the Pollard pass was a lucky play. Um, is spinning around 60 yards. Otherwise, he didn't do shit all game. I, the Dak Prescott did something. I don't know about his passing. And Troy Aikman said something very right during the game. He said, you know, CD Lamb, who I think is, I think he's a, one of the best receivers. If not, he's just open on every play, I think. But Aikman said it best. He said, you know, on the regular pass patterns, CD Lamb's not open. But when Dak Prescott causes rolls out after the big rush and and not a, not a purposeful roll like a, a scramble rollout, CD Lamb's getting open on the secondary moves, and he goes, "That's a good job by the Chargers. They're covering him really well." So I got to give Prescott credit. Don't get sacked. Roll out. And then if I was him, I'd be like, "Where's CD Lamb? I'm throwing the ball in his direction." And that's what he did for some big big plays. I think he had 10 catches or eight catches or something. Yeah, like he had that. over 100 yards receiving. Yeah, um, he, uh, Dak, Dak definitely used his legs a lot more than what we're right. used to last night. So that's well, how he improvised. Know, he, but he also does hold on to the ball a little too much. Like he just took a couple sacks from just like, ah, come on. He man. threw a beautiful ready. touchdown pass. Uh, I can't, I, I, again, I, don't, I didn't watch the entire game. I watched a lot of it, though. Um, but look, it's called a week to week league. I, I, the Cowboys to me are not, I thought they'd, I thought they'd be better. Be honest with you, and I think the Chargers. I, I don't know what the hell's going on over there, but 
Um, also, the Jets uh, Jets beat the Eagles. That was like a that was a fun little little thing to watch. That nice was like a treat. You nice know what treat. it was? That was like watching a good episode of Little House on the Prairie. Like, oh, look at that! Like the rains came and the seeds are going to grow, or oh, the hurricane didn't destroy the crops. What a nice episode! <laughs> Michael Landon and the Jets beat the Eagles. Um, being a Jet fan, though, I, all I think it, it's going to do. The jet jets jet being a jet fan is different. That's a different kind of we talk about being a loser fan. It's similar to Rutgers pain, but we never even get to the operating room to survive. <laughs> the Jets, though, like like when a Rutgers fan calls the ambulance, there's a GPS issue. You just die in the room. You, you never get out of your apartment. The Jet fans, though, the ambulance is there right away. They get you to the hospital. The best doctor in the world's at the table. It's a very curable disease. And then you just the jet pain is different and i i think the jets i know they're playing great you know they're having fun they're three and three hey after six games but like you just know like oh this is not going to end well for them it's just not they got a they got a really really good defense i think their defense played very well and they turned jalen hurts over three times four times or three times in another one but yeah zach wilson he has to be he has to be he has to be Trent Dilfer. He has to just don't fuck up and just play your game. Like don't 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 run free. Don't try to make right. something out of nothing. But yeah, he's yeah. gotta he's gotta calm it down a little bit. And, it just and was it's nice just to uh, love to see like the Eagles lose another one and then maybe the Phillies not completely dominate all of sports. I'm tired of this. First, yeah, it was Boston. Night, so. It was Boston for six years, and now it's like Philly now. Like enough, enough. But it was nice to see that Philly head coach look like a jerk after the game. Uh, which brings me to cornhole level dot com. That's right. Cornhole level, Mike Caprio's fine company. Now listen, if you're scoring at home, Dave, listen, you and your wife have been complaining about your crooked cornhole for years. <laughs> and this is what you need, Dave. I, I should just I gotta text your wife, say Dave's cornhole has an issue. When you buy this cornhole level, you hook it right onto the board, just like that. And then you can do the whole to and fro and all that different stuff. And bah, boom, those of you scoring at home, there's the little doohickey, whatever you call that thing. Um, QR code, Jimmy. The QR code, that's what you call it. And look at the Scarlet McKnights. They even have college things on it now. He's getting rights to them as we speak by the day, different teams. Uh, $19.95, 20% off your order. If you uh, put in JP Show, go to cornholelevel.com. These things are awesome. It's stocking stuffer time here at Shea. Buy it for one of your jerk-off friends who thinks cornhole's cool at a barbecue. Uh, whenever you someone invites you to a barbecue and they say, yeah, but I got the, I got two cornhole sets set up. Like, <laughs> really? That's making me not want to go to your barbecue. Okay. I'd rather have someone say, dude, I got perfect place for wiffle ball. I'm like, oh, I'm there, man. I'll get there early. I'll be ready to go. But cornholelevel.com will help you. If you have a friend that is creepy and likes cornhole, which right now I dropped, I didn't play this month, so I dropped from eighth in the world. I'm now ranked 17th because uh, I haven't played. Only you hover in a top 25, uh, you'll yeah, be all right. Well, I haven't played in two years, so they go to the rankings, you're just as idle. <laughs> I'm like one of those heavyweight boxers who wins it, then he takes off like two and a half years and comes in horribly overweight. Bone <laughs> Crusher Smith. Uh, so go to cornholelevel.com. And of course, they sponsor the all important, the deadly accurate, the NFL stinks list. Now, maybe I'll be kind this week, Shay. All right. Miami Dolphins, very good. Buffalo Bills, average. Jets, average. New England Patriots, stink. Wait a minute. I got this right. No, I got this wrong. I grabbed the wrong one. Hang on here, Shay. Hold on. <laughs> the wrong stinks list. I got to talk to my producer, Dave. I got the wrong stinks list. Okay, here we go. <laughs> NFL stinks at week six. Dolphins, very good. Bills, average. Almost put them at stinks. New York Jets, good. New England Patriots, stink. Up there with the Giants for the worst team in the league. Baltimore Ravens, average. The Steelers, stink. Cleveland Browns average, Bengals average, but the Bengals are starting to heat up a little bit here, Shay. AFC South, Jacksonville Jaguars, good. The Colts, average. The Texans stink. The Titans stink. But 
that's been leading the league in stinks for the last two years. But I'm thinking now the Texans or Tennessee Titans may, I don't know, maybe they, they may start. They, there's average in their in their hope. I got the Kansas City Chiefs as only good. I think Denver stinks, and the Chiefs never quite pulled away. And as long as Taylor Swift's involved in anything, they're, they're, they're becoming very good is very difficult for me. Vegas, Chargers, Broncos all stink. I think the Chargers stink, even though you, you're a Cowboy fan. You probably think they're not that bad. Yeah, they were 2-2 two and two going in, yeah, winners of two straight, winners of nine stink. straight Monday Night Football games. So, yeah, I think we did all right. Uh, they stink. All right. Philadelphia Eagles, good. Dallas Cowboys, that down, so there's not many very goods anymore. Cowboys, I'm going to keep the Cowboys at average for now. The Cowboys might be the team that moves up and down the most. I don't know why. They just might. <coughs> the Redskins. I can't say Redskins. Washington Commanders, average. New York Giants, stink. They still stink. Okay. Detroit Lions. I think they might be the best team in the league right now. <laughs> Very good. And nobody, you know what's great about the Lions? I'll, I'll see if you're right. Like, you don't hate the Lions. Like, who hates the Lions? Uh, Chris, find... Gucci. Chris Gucci hates the Lions. Oh, Packer, Packer, pussy. I forgot about that. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse my language, anybody scoring at home. <laughs> that was great. The uh, Packers stink, Vikings stink. It barely got by the Bears, and the Bears stink. Uh, Tampa Bay, average. Falcons, average. Saints and Panthers, I'm sorry. They both stink. That St. Texas game, I was watching that a little bit. Oof. That's just horrible football going on there. 49ers, sorry, you're back down to good. Seahawks average, Rams average, and the Arizona Cardinals stink. So it's 14 stinks, 11 average, five goods, two very goods. The Jimmy Palumbo NFL stinks list. So proud to have you aboard. Sponsored by CornholeLevel.com. Well, we might as well get to some important news here. Dave, um, this Friday, we are shooting Beer League, the series, episodes six, seven, and eight are being shot Friday and Saturday. The rain looks like it's going to hold up, kind of, so prepare for lousiness. Um, we are done casting. The new ca- I'm not going to tell you what roles they're playing, but there's three new cast members. They are Natalie Vero, Victor Del Rio. And Frankie Masasa are now added to the cast. You will, um, let's see, will you meet any of them? Yes, Dave, you will meet Natalie Vero. <laughs> I don't want to give away plot points early. Um, and the good news is, another rumor, creative rumor, is that we may actually shoot this one as a pilot. May all come together instead of three episodes. That's on the books right now. Some of the powers that be, me and Tom, the director, <laughs> So two of us, I'll make it sound like there's a whole room of creatives working on this. We may, we Am may I on the get, board. Am I on the board by any chance? <laughs> well, uh, you are going to be heavily involved with where, and listen, what? if any, I doubt anybody's listening from the cast, but if you are, I'm telling you right now, I was a nice guy for the first five episodes, but um, if you don't not, if you don't promote this on your social media and get a grassroots thing, the proverbial gloves are coming off. <laughs> yes, uh, Dave, you did it. You did a uh, a nice job with the first go around uh, with the social media, but we we got to be even better on that. Uh, on my end, your end, uh, Tom's end, the cast members. I'm going to make you like. Uh, I think I'm going to give you the right to send emails out, like a group email, going, "Hey guys, I don't see anything." Like, <laughs> like, because you're better at that stuff than I am. That's why I you know, hire you for that. I'm going to be like, literally like why it like I, I, I'm going to put like a black, a black blur over your face. If you don't promote it on your face, cause it's the only way it's going to work. It's got to be out there. Um, as a matter of fact, I noticed I got a lot of YouTube comments on some of the beer league stuff and I didn't comment. I'm going to make sure. I think people don't even know when I posted scenes from the diner, people made comments. I don't even know if they know, but I got to ask you about that, how to do a link. Um, cause this thing resides on the interweb. And if you, the whole, I'm talking about if you're if you're the sound guy, you will be posting about this project because there's about 30 people involved, and all 30 have to be not just one. So like, ah, oh, check it out. No, well, that was two days ago. Check it out again. Check it out again. Um, because some people just didn't 
give a fuck. Be quite honest with you. And I don't care if you have if people are like, well, I don't have a big following. You have 10 people. So make your mother and aunt watch it. Like you know, mm. that's how we are, but it should be fun. Me and Dave will be down there in downtown Hillsborough at the charter fields. Uh, we're going to be on the field, which should be fun. You got a very, again, by the way, I, I, when Chop Sports Media, when they have their Hall of Fame museum, I'm trying to think of the huge monument, the Lombardi slip. Matter of fact, if you guys someday have an award for best podcast, I think they're going to call it the Palumbo Trophy. There's no doubt about it. Who is never know. casting you in a wonderful role? Which I, I don't want to discuss what you do because that, that ruins the fun for people. Uh, it's a fine role. <laughs> fine role. Uh, it should be really, really funny. Um, and uh, I got to do the casting. Now, what was wild about that is, you know, I audition all the time. I've done audition from, from your joint a few times. I was able to now get those tapes. So now I'm on the other side of the table and <clears throat> I'm going to toot my own orient. Not, not my acting skill. I, I'll leave that for other people. I do a decent job. My, my videos are clean, neat audio. Some of these actors, man, like you can tell they were just like no preparation. No, uh, uh, you know, um, just no, like, God, like, what did you, did you even look at it for five minutes? They're, doing, you this, they're doing this. Like, just like, uh, hold right, it. Hold it. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then I gotta be honest with you. We did some callbacks and I, I hate to, I, I don't want to sound like a jackass here, but perhaps I have some God given talent. Cause I certainly don't. I, I mean, I've taken acting classes over the years, but I don't know if it's the comedic timing, but things got to be like, it, 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 there's a beat to it. And some of the people, like, I'll say a line, and then they have, like, kind of a joke line, and it's like, hey, what's going on? One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. What do you mean? Like, no, it's got to be, what's going on? What do you mean? Like, it, 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 the, the delays, I was like, I felt like going, delay of game, five yards. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, oh, my God, I, you know. Which I, I want to be able to like call up their acting coach or something and be like, hey, uh, like, we, we, we. <laughs> anyway, that's me being a jerk off. But I mean, it's like, but then I realized some of the kids are young and they're, they're getting it going. And some of them are very pretty people and they're probably big stars. Mm-hmm. And they'll cast me someday as the grouchy old uncle on the on, bus driver. The, yeah, bus driver. <laughs> yeah, come on in. Come on in, guys. Come on in. We're going to school, you know. <laughs> I'll be like the Sully of bus drivers. How do you're, you you're officially that? you're officially for me? When I think of Jimmy Palumbo, the actor, now I think of bus driver and I think of doorman. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, it. Well, that's where we're at. <laughs> those of you scoring at home, uh, door uh, 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 doorman, pizzeria owner. Ah, yes, pizzeria. And uh, and uh, and some kind of driver are up there. I think I think they're like four four apiece. And and not far behind is like cop. Early on, it was all cop. Like, like me playing cops now is, is like you're watching Lombardi and the Packers and NFL films. <laughs> I feel I like you, do, you, you would be a cop, a good, very good cop on like an NYPD blue at this point. Right. <laughs> yeah, just like one of those old detectives. Like, ah, well, you know, I gotta that, get that's totally what I totally want to be. I want to be like Jerry Orbach. I swear to God, if I die and get re, I just want to be Jerry Orbach. He just shows up. They got uh, that's why I could be half the actor Jerry Orbeck was, but I uh, not a quarter of the actor he was. Excuse me. Yeah, I would love to be that disgruntled guy, like pissed off. He was home having a steak dinner with his wife, and he gets called in, mm-hmm. and totally oblivious that three people are lying dead next to him. <laughs> that guy, like, what do we got? Three dead. All right, well, it's a little chilly out here. I'm like a paddy wagon. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, so we're going to be at the field Friday. Then we're going to be at Deej's gym. Um, I can't even reveal. Uh, we're going to be at a gym on Friday and then in a kitchen uh, on uh, Friday, uh, Saturday as well. I think that I think the scripts are funny. Uh, I do. And uh, I'm really looking forward to getting there. And uh, I was gonna, <laughs> we're going to have fun. Um, and hopefully it doesn't rain on. Make sure I, I get to talk. Well, you're going to be getting an email about times and all that stuff and that brings us to you know what sometimes dave you, you need to you need to do something to give you your body the shit it needs chasing miracles.com the patches 
My mother and two of her friends are all patched up. Uh, the Chasing Miracles stem cell patches. Go to ChasingMiracles.com. This stuff works. It allows your body to repair itself. I've really been sick in a while. My uh, No pain in my heel. I haven't got the gout in a while. Um, uh, there's some other things there that it does. There's no needles. You can still pee in the cup. You're not going to be like Barry Bonds. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's all good. Go to ChasingMiracles.com. Try this stuff. A lot of athletes do it. It's easy. Put one on your back, maybe one below your belly button, or you put it right on where the problem is. If you, if you tore your calf or something, shove one of these. Uh, tore your calf. If you, you hurt your Aaron calf. Rod you think Aaron Rodgers will put it right on his Achilles? I think he might be doing that. I'm going to contact Aaron. The guy's walking gonna, around throwing a football yeah, already. Like, yeah, I know. But that's, just, going on? that's just increasing the pain for Jet fans. Um, <laughs> but uh, check it out. ChasingMiracles.com. They got all kinds of things. You got to talk to Tommy and Donna. Uh, it's a really cool stuff. And so go check it out. Um, now... We're getting to the end of the show here. I, uh, <laughs> I've decided I was I was watching too many, like uh, uh, you know, uh, my four hundred pound friend and air disasters. <laughs> um, th that show, air disasters, it, it's never not on. It's, it's just always on. It's like another play. And like I'm Big Bang Theory on like all yeah, the TBS like, like, is like ah, always on. Let me see how these pilots screwed up by not speaking the correct language. Like, did he say green or red? Or red? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it turns out the Boeing S390, the little gadget to the corner was supposed to be blue and he thought it was green. And, uh, you know, turned out uh, he's colorblind. Out, right. <laughs> it's always like, I love the bad acting on those shows. It's great. Like, and, uh, and, then, he shows, and then you're like, but then all of a sudden, sometimes at no, like no one dies. You're like, you know, what's sad when you're a fan of air disasters, when no one dies, you're a little bit like, huh. Like you're, <laughs> you're a little disappointed when no one dies in the crash because well, these are this is what these things are for. Like I, I my bonus mom Barry every time. Like I'm like, oh, you got to watch this series. It's really good. So yeah, but how many people get killed every? Episode? It's like, what is wrong with you? That's <laughs> it's like my mother. My mother has to know if it has a bad ending or not. My mother right. buys a my mother buys a book. She reads the last ten pages, finds out if it's a happy ending. She, Shut up! I swear to God, um, if you. <laughs> If you send my mother to a movie and don't tell her, like at the end everybody dies, she'll she, she literally will shoot me in the face. Like, how dare you? Do my dad, my dad to this day, no matter what movie, uh, I'll go. I'm like, ah, I'm going to see, uh, I'm going to see such and such, and he always says, like, oh, what are you going to see that for? He dies in the end. Like, no matter what it is, no he dies in the end. It happened once. It happened uh, once. I actually went to see a movie. I think it was called like Empire with John Linguizamo a long time ago with my buddy Kevin. He's like, oh, what the hell are you going to see that? He dies in the end. I'm like, ha, ha. And like, we're watching the last scene and like John Linguizamo like pulls up to a red light and I'm like, oh, I guess that's the end of the movie. And then like a gun just appears. And blows his head off. <laughs> like, no, oh it God. happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. He dies at the end. I know that whole Titanic thing. My dad was classic. You gonna see that for? I know how it ends. <laughs> Which is such, such a, a shitty joke thing. at the time. I know. Uh, although if I was my father's age in that movie, maybe I am my father's age in that movie. <laughs> oh, shit. You know? Late but, 90s. So instead of binge watching air disasters and rooting for the plane, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm sure there's degenerate gamblers that don't know because it's based on real stories. Imagine being a degenerate gambler corner of a bookie. Hey, can I bet on the 1974 Air Florida crash? <laughs> What's the over and under on deaths? What's the weather like over in Iowa? It's about to, it's about to fly through the jet stream. I don't know. Well, hey, I found out the weather in 1968 over Scandinavia. I'm trying to see how many people die in this crash. <laughs> that would be a great, that's a great thing. Right? It's horrible. It's horrible. Anyway, um, I started, uh, I'm reading two books. Uh, I decided my daughter's reading how to kill a mockingbird. Okay. To kill him. How to kill to kill a mockingbird. Um, for her class, ninth grade. I said, you know what? I saw the movie a thousand years ago, Gregory Peck. And you know, it's a, I was like, I never read the book. It's one of those books that uh I just never read. And I said, you know what? She's reading it now. And I'm gonna read it. So I'm re and I'm really digging it. It's great. Uh, thoroughly enjoying it. I'm also reading another great book for you Southern Rock fans out there. Dave, you're not part of this. Uh, this uh, book called Brothers and Sisters, Allman Brothers Story of the 70s by Alan Paul oh. is, is wild, man. They're telling stories that there's no bigger Allman Brother fan 
besides me. And I'm telling you right now, there's stuff in there that I didn't even know. So it's really a really cool book. And uh, so I'm enjoying that. So I'm actually reading. <laughs> when your team stink, you read more. Uh, just like my cousin John, <laughs> his cable company doesn't get MSG. He can't watch it. So, Same. so in the beginning, in the beginning, he was like, "You got to get the fire stick or something." He's like, "I'm not doing I'm, that, dude." So on. he's like, so "My cousin John's like, you know, I think I'm better off without MSG. <laughs> <laughs> I think I really am." Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, not, too many losses are not good yeah, for the blood. Like, yeah. Let's just not watch yeah, it. My lawn is perfectly groomed. The leaves you are ever totally... seen that? You've seen the cable guy, right? With Jim Carrey. Right, right. The scene where he finally lands on the satellite dish and everybody loses signal. Right. And then there's the scene of the big fat guy on the couch and he's like, he's like, no. And then he's like, he just like looks over to his book and he grabs a book. And like, I know. Like, <laughs> he opens up a book. And he's like, oh, I'm oh, reading. Exactly. Like, what it is. Listen, yeah. I, I, I would think the average football fan would would probably add twenty five thousand dollars to his income if you didn't watch football. <laughs> I think the average. Uh, the SAG strike. I'm so depressed over this. <laughs> you know, That's we're shooting these beer league things on a low budget thing. Uh, I just you got uh, a waiver, right, or something like that. He was yeah, we got a waiver because it's under uh, low budget. But oh my god, the, 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 the producers walked away from the table. SAG wants a piece of the subscriber money from Netflix and other streamers and. I get there. You know what? Like you gotta get back to work. I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not smart enough. I, I know there's issues that have to be solved because these big companies are making money on product yeah. without paying it. So right. it's not like everybody's like, oh, little streamers, little streamers. You know how many people have Netflix? You know how many people? Everybody. Have Disney Plus. I mean, yeah, you do. Everybody. I'm sure you do. Now you have to. You have kids. You got the bundle. The bundle. Yeah, Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN all in one. I got the same thing, and that's big money there. And so you know what? When you order Chinese food and a guy comes, you you, you, you got to pay the got to pay the bill. So right when you, you anyway, there's issues there with streaming. It's, it's a lot of technology changes in the last eight years that have, you know, no more DVDs, uh, and so um, that kind of thing. But I, I wish I knew more. You don't know who to believe. All I know is, and this is going to be, I'm going to get abused by my active friends. Nothing against Fran Drescher, but like there's something about the nanny negotiating for us. I can't get, in other words, to me, <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm supposedly she is a smart lady and that was just an act. I get it. But to me, it's like, I don't know. Like it would be like Ralph Cramden at the table. We're not going on strike. Like, like it just, <laughs> the new rule for SAG should be this. You can't have a, a, a major character actor over a, 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 a president of SAG when anybody, nobody takes him seriously. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand that. I, you know, unless it's Jennifer Aniston or um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Barbie. Uh, if Margot Robbie, so you know what? That's it, Dave. If that, Margot Robbie, if Margot Robbie was president of SAG, the strike would have been over in four days. Okay. It would have been a seven thousand dollar, seven thousand percent increase in daily fees. The actors would own Netflix. Part of it, we'd have part ownership <laughs> of Netflix. We have everything. She would just ask for stuff like, "I want part ownership." Sure. <laughs> Every yes, Margo. Anything else, Margo? Anything else, Margo? <clears throat> so, I'm petitioning Margot Robbie to in. please. I uh, signed it already. <laughs> yeah, Dave's not even in SAG, and you're in. I'm also, sorry. a shout out. You know what? Uh, this is before you're dying. Suzanne Summers died. Yeah. For some reason, that's shitty for me. I yeah, remember, you know. Was, uh, for me, it was step by step. But before you, it was like Three's Company and all that. Three's Company and that awful Thigh Master, which, by the way. Oh, Chuck very, Norris. Uh, she's very funny about the Thigh Master with that dopey thing. I remember as a kid, like when you were younger, seeing these women with what their thighs going up and down. You're like, ah, good. Uh, a JJ day here at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being, but you know what? Do you ever see her in interviews? She's like, yeah, uh, I stopped counting after 10 million were sold. I, I didn't think she got like, I think she got like four, all the money went to her. I think she made over $300 million. That's eighties money kids. Okay. Yeah. She was like a young Shadur. Um, it is just, uh, but she's dead. It just seemed this, that's just one of those deaths. You're like, Oh shit. Like you start thinking about your own demise. Like, Hey, Suzanne Summers, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, at the end of the bench here, I'm like Gene Woodling. Steve Venditti just drove off the road. All right, go to Pine Tar Bar and Grill, 121 South Main Street in Fork and River, New Jersey. Go see my buddy Tommy, best sports bar 
Go watch his shitty Steelers. He's pissed at me. He thinks the Steelers are great. I think they suck. But go to his bar, and he's got every television, every sporting event. If somebody's playing, you know, lawn darts on their front yard, he's got the t- he's got it on some TV. And also, Lisa Ruane, 201-725-1251, therapist. Give her a shout. Help you out if you're in one of those moods. Uh, you need help. Want to talk things through. She does it all. Well, Dave. Um, that's about it here at Shea. Um, all right. So the uh, Giants play the uh, Commanders mm-hmm. and the Scarlet McKnights. Uh, now, oh, here's another issue I have. We're going to be shooting beer league in a kitchen while Rutgers is playing Indiana. Now, here's the cool thing. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, I need you more angry. Oh, you're about to get it. <laughs> <laughs> here's the cool thing. I'm actually top of the food chain on this one. Okay. So like, I may go like, guys, why don't we take a break? Say 12 to three, <laughs> slow it down. I think we're working too hard here. I already asked them. I'm like, you have like a TV in the basement that has big 10 network. <laughs> so the odds on me not being well aware of the score of the Rutgers game. Oh, this is in your kitchen. No, no, no. We were shooting wow. in the director's kitchen. Um, so on uh, Saturday, uh, if you're around Saturday, yeah, I mean, I, I got to be at, at oh, the you, other gym. Oh, that's right. You'll be there all day. Yeah, actually, and I need you to, you're going to be doing, uh, taking pictures and videos and okay. working with my buddy Greg's going to be taking some pictures too. We cool. just need stuff to get. But yeah, so anyway, all right. Well, that'll do it here from the Omni. Thanks, Dave, for working from home today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, that's it. I'll see you guys next week with a very special guest. Maybe we'll get Artie on next week. There you go. All right. I'll talk to you.